You're listening to an Eon podcast. Welcome to episode seven of the Seven Steps to Freedom from Anxiety, Depression, and ADHD podcast series. Throughout this series recording, we've been hearing from Jodie Gozard, formerly Jodie Chapman, a well known Australian naturopath, speaker, author, and mentor. Jodie's been sharing her knowledge on how we can all find freedom from anxiety, depression and ADHD through her seven steps. In this episode, episode seven, Jodie and I sat down with a patient of hers. We got to know Mitch a little, heard the story of his achievements and his challenges and ultimately about his downfall. It's a powerful story and one I think many of us will be able to relate to in one way or another. Welcome Jodie, welcome Mitch. Now you've known each other for quite a while. And Jody, you've seen Mitch work through a lot, but Jody, tell us why Mitch is here as opposed to any other patient of yours, because I'm sure there's hundreds you yes. could have chosen from. Yes, well, Mitch has been on quite a journey and Mitch has such an incredible story that I think is amazing for young men and for people who've experienced anything like what he's experienced need to hear his story because sharing of his story is just so inspirational in one way because he's done so much work in this area for himself and the way he focuses on the challenges that he's experienced and how he comes at it head first every single time. It's just so amazing to see someone work so hard to get their life on track after experiences that are sometimes out of your control. And um, I just think that he's a very inspirational person and I just love his story and I think that we should all hear from him. Okay, so I'm sure everybody listening is keen to hear Mitch's story from the very beginning. So Mitch, over to you, tell us. Thank you for that lovely rap, Jody. So yeah, we'll start from the beginning. So as a, as a kid, I was kind of the, the kind of kid that could never sit still, very, very hyperactive, very heaps of energy, always running around, um, was right into my sport. Sport was basically my entire life from, from basically about six or seven. And I got, I did everything I could get my hands on. So I did athletics, I did basketball, I did uh, volleyball, gridiron, football, anything, anything I could get my hands on, I would play and started to realize that it was kind of one thing I was quite talented at was sport. And so I kept putting my energy into it and all through primary school was quite a high achiever, was winning most of the things I was going in, competing at quite high levels, even from a young age, making Queensland and Australian teams and things like that. And then Going into high school, I started to sort of pick a little bit more what I wanted to follow. So my dream was always to be a professional basketball player. And part of that dream was to try and go to college and get a scholarship to go to college in America. So that was where I started to put my energy into. And it was about grade nine that I really, I made the switch. I'm like, all right, if I want to do this, I got to put everything into it that I have. And high school is kind of a weird time because you're watching all your friends, especially grade nine, grade 10, People start to drift away, like people start to get into partying and drinking and things like that. And I was seeing that and realizing this isn't the life I want for myself. Um, so I started to distance myself like from that. And I realized that if I wanted to make it as an athlete, I had to be willing to sacrifice all of these things that everyone else was doing. So I started to put my heart and soul into that. Um, so I was training five, six days a week. Basically, my life was if I wasn't at school, I was training and then I'd get my minimum of uh, six hours sleep a night and then back to it again. 
And so I did that all through high school and was still achieving quite high. So I was making all the teams that I was trying out for, um, winning competitions, awards and things like that. And it looked like everything was on track. And then towards the end of high school, uh, so grade 12, I started to get performance anxiety quite bad. And I'd never experienced, I'd never, never really overthought um, playing sport before. I just would do it. And it was because the pressure was starting to get a little bit high and I was starting to get to a level where people had pretty high expectations of me. And I started to really feel like performance anxiety. I'm like, man, this is, there's a lot of pressure on me right now. So that started to affect my performance a little bit. And it was, it was easy enough for me to suppress it, but the suppression of it sort of comes back into the story later um, without coming back up. And I was able to push it down on the early stages anyway. So I finished high school and it's like, okay, everyone's going to uni or going to, get their, going to get a job. And I was like, I still want to go to college in America. So I realized I wasn't quite at that level just yet. So I needed another two or three years of training to be able to be good enough, I thought. So I just went all in. I got my personal training certificate so I could make a little bit of money to survive, but I basically went full-time into my training. So I was training four or five hours a day, six days a week, um, every week of the year, pretty much for, for that three years. And I was pushing, I had that athlete mentality of you need to be working harder than everyone else and you always have to be doing something. You always got to be working, basically. Um, so I adopted that mentality and that sort of came from I always ask myself where it came from because I watched my parents and they definitely weren't that type of person. I always felt like a bit of an outsider with my family and I realised that growing up worshipping Michael Jordan and Muhammad Ali, I'm like, okay, that's where I got this sort of uh, uh, mentality from. And it turned out to be a gift and a curse. Um, but, yeah, so I started... I was still feeling fine at that time and... I just started hitting roadblocks now. So the, the anxiety was starting to really creep in because, you know, it's either do it, it's make it or break it type thing. Um, and it started to really affect my sports performance. So I'd get on the court and I would be shaking. I couldn't stop shaking. My mouth would go completely dry. My Like I was the fittest I'd ever been, but I'd get on the court and my legs would turn to jelly straight away. And I'm like, what is going on? I'd feel sick. Like um, before a game, I'd sit there and be dry reaching or throwing up or feeling like I was going to, wouldn't be able to sleep the night before. And I'm like, what is, what is going on? So I pushed through that for about two or three years and got to the point where I was able to, good enough to get into college. So I started applying for a bunch of colleges and had quite a bit of interest. And long story short with that, uh, found out that I wasn't eligible to play basketball because I'd played at too high a level over here. So here was me that had just put my entire life into something and my heart and soul into it to be torn down and told basically you can't do it. That broke me for a little bit. It kind of shattered me. Um, and that was the first major setback I ever really had, like the first time I really felt like I failed. But they told me you can play a different sport. So you're still, you're still eligible to play any other sport, just not basketball. I was like, okay, I've played a lot of sports, but basketball is the one I put all my effort into. So I started thinking, uh, what sports do I like? And gridiron was the one that popped into my head. I never really played it, but I liked it, liked the look of it. I'm like, okay, what can I transfer my skills into? And so I started, I looked into it. I'm like, okay, I think I could do this. And so I started, I checked out the local team on the coast and started training with them and then figured, okay, I think I could make this, make this happen. So I went all in on that for a year and basically taught myself how to play from watching YouTube and trained ridiculously hard. Like I just, I put everything into it. And 
within a year got myself good enough and sent out a bunch of highlight reels and things of myself to different colleges in America and actually got picked up by, I had quite a bit of interest and got offered a scholarship for uh, a school in Kansas. And I was like, I've done it. Like I I made it. Like finally, like this, this is actually happening for me. And I was over the moon. Everything, everything was looking good. And I was actually really enjoying gridiron too. And then I was still playing basketball a little bit at the time because it was my my first love. And then four weeks before I was meant to move over there, I was playing a basketball game and I ended up tearing my MCL in my knee. And so I blew that out. And that's quite a serious injury when you get it as well. And it means you're typically out of playing and training for at least six months. And I tried to hide it at first and then I couldn't, I couldn't push through it. And um, so I had to tell the college and they decided to pull my scholarship. So I lost the scholarship. And so this is uh, roadblock number two. And once again, I'd put, I'm 23 at this stage, I think, and I'd put everything I had into this. And once again, built it up and just got torn all the way down. And I went into, like, I'm also crippled at this point too. So I'm laying on the couch, watch my dreams just be destroyed right in front of my face. So I went into quite a, a, a solid depression from that. But there's always been this kind of athlete mentality inside me that like, okay, you can't give up. Like everyone faces hurdles. Everyone has obstacles. Like don't give up. Like you only fail when you do give up. So I was like, all right, let's let's get back on the horse. So I basically started rehabbing like a week after the injury. And really, I, I've they told me it would take six months and I'm like, no, I'm going to do it in three. So I started rehabbing really hard and still in the gym every day. I was just doing whatever I could to get it better. And I was improving quite quick to the point the doctor was like, man, we've never seen any, anything like this. Like it's healing quite fast. And I was back squatting within two months and starting to jog and things like that. Yeah, so I I recovered quite quick from it. But the college thing had gone. I was like, I've put put too much time and effort into this to not get anything out of it. Like, I I don't know what else to do with my life, honestly. So I ended up sending that same highlight reel out to literally anyone I could get a email address for. And I sent thousands upon thousands of emails to different coaches and different teams, anyone, anyone that I could get. And out of those thousand emails I sent, I got three replies. (laughs) Two of them were basically like, hey, we like you, but not for us. And one of them was a team in Albuquerque, New Mexico that said, hey, we like you. Uh, We've got a tryout coming up, nothing guaranteed, but you're more than welcome to come to the tryout. And that was all I got was just, you can come to the tryout. I was like, all right, this is all I got. This is all I got. So I took the opportunity. I had like three or four weeks before I was able to leave. So I'd rehabbed enough to this point. Um, I was back running and sprinting and doing everything that I needed to be able to do. And I bought a ticket to America and didn't know anyone, didn't know what was going to happen, no idea. And so I went over there and tried out for this team. And basically they ended up offering me a development position on the team. So it meant I was on the team. I wouldn't get to play with them, but I get to train and do everything else with them. And I was like, this is perfect. Like exactly what I wanted. At this time as well, there was also talk of a professional league starting in Australia. So I was like, okay, if I can do this for a year, move back to Australia, it can all still work out. So I went over there and did that. So I lived over there for close to a year um, and, and it was a really good experience. So I was training with the team a lot, uh, surrounded by like some of the highest level athletes. So there was guys on my team that had played in the NFL, had been to the Super Bowl, had had decent professional careers. And now I'm training with them. And I'm like, man, this is like, you can't get this in Australia. Um, so I did that for six months and or almost a year. And that definitely had its highs and lows as well. And 
at this time, I was still kind of battling with my own mental health kind of stuff as well. Um, and the performance anxiety and things like that. This is, it was really starting to get, get big at this point to the point I could train fine. But the second I had to play or perform, my body would just completely shut down. It would be under so much stress that it just wouldn't work. And it got quite debilitating to the point I actually did go to a doctor and got put on antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications and things like that. And I didn't really know a whole lot about that stuff back then. And so I was like, yep, a pill to fix me up. Cool. Like I just, I can't stop, keep going. So I had my experience over there. There was lots of good things, a couple of bad things that happened. I won't go too much into that, but came back and I had an offer to go back again, but this uh, Australian league was starting up. So I was like, okay, no, I'll, I'll do this. I get to play at home. That's perfect. Uh, the games are going to be televised. It was going to be, they were trying to like rival the NRL for gridiron. And I was like, perfect. I uh, went to a tryout for that, made the team, got offered a contract. I was like, I've done this. Like, wow. Like I finally, everything I've put the last 15, 20 years into has finally paid off for me. So I got, got that contract, signed it, and then started training quite hard for that. Everything was looking good. And then four weeks before the league was set to start and we were start, meant to start our preseason training camp, um, we found out, I got a message saying that uh, the league didn't have enough funding to go ahead and they were pulling the pin on it. And oh, wow. it was, yeah, that, that broke me as well. So at this point, I was in the gym when I got that message and I just broke down. I like fell to the ground. I started crying. I was like middle of my session. I just walked out of the gym and bawled my eyes out in the car. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I just felt completely broken. So that did hit me quite hard. And that was, it was at that point that I'm like, okay, this professional sports stuff's not for me. I can't, I can't keep getting broken like this. Um, it was starting to really affect me quite badly. So after that, I started battling quite hard with depression. Uh, obviously, like I, having my identity tied up in being an athlete and having that stripped away from me, I, I literally didn't know what to do anymore. I'm like, why do people work out? Why? Like, I didn't know. Like, I didn't care what I looked like. I did it for performance. And I'm like, well, if I'm not performing anymore, why do I go to the gym? Like, why, why do I get out of bed every day now? And I started to fall into quite a, a dark place after that. And I was able to kind of put on a brave face and push through it. No one was really asking too many questions about it. I was able to sort of put that mask on that we all put on um, in public. It was more behind closed doors. I was just, I wasn't myself anymore. And I started, um, I had to go get a job, obviously. So I started working at the gym that I was training at and, uh, okay, I'll, I'll build up a, a coaching business because it's all I know. I know how to play a lot of sport and know how to work out. Let's turn that into something that can make me some money. So I built, built my business up and went quite hard into that and built that up over the space of three years whilst battling with my mental health quite a bit, but hadn't ever really admitted it to anyone. It was the last 20 years building up and I'd never actually dealt with anything properly, I don't feel. I just kind of stuffed it down and pushed through and pushed through and pushed through. And I went into the darkest depression. Um, it was, I, I couldn't function anymore. And it got to the point where I couldn't take it anymore. And I actually decided to try and end my life. And that was quite a big turning point for me. So I, I really felt like I didn't have any worth being here anymore. I couldn't play sport. The relationship I had was gone. I didn't feel like I had any more value to add to the world. So I basically decided that enough was enough and there was no point in going on. Um, 
So after that, I remember waking up in hospital like a day or two later. And it's quite a, a, an unusual experience when you feel like you close your eyes for the last time and you open them again. And I was like, my first reaction was, oh, my God, you failed at this too. You can't even do this right. That was the first thing that popped into my head. And that's how broken I was at that time. And then um, basically I got taken downstairs by a nurse and put into the mental health, um, the ward down there. And they said, like, uh, they kind of convinced me to do that, saying it would be the best thing for me. And I was at a point, I'm like, okay, clearly I need some help. And so they took me down there and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get the help I need maybe. Um, And they basically put me in this room, closed the door behind me, and I was in this room by myself. It It was a jail cell basically. And they didn't explain anything that was going on, nothing. They just I had, didn't know where my mum was, didn't know anything. They just put me in this room, locked the door and left me. And I was sitting there like scared out of my mind. And I don't know if there's anyone, like anyone that has dealt with mental health before, like the worst thing you can go through is being left alone in a room with nothing but your thoughts. It's one of the scariest things you'll go through. So I'm sitting there. It was quite weird. So the first thing that went through my head was, okay, um, basically I need to get myself out of here so I can finish the job. And then for the first time in my life, like my mind got like eerily quiet, like it was silent. There was no thoughts, there was nothing. And that was quite a weird thing. There's always this chatter going on up there. And it was like, okay, well, yes, you could do that. Or, and it was like I was having a conversation with myself, I guess. Yes, you can do that, or we can go all in for six weeks and give me a six-week commitment and you go all in and you do all the things that you thought you were too tough or manly to do before to try and fix your mental health. And if at the end of that six weeks you notice no difference, then okay, we'll, we'll continue down this path. And that kind of athlete mentality was still inside me. I'm like, all right, I'll... I could go hard at sport for 20 years. I can go six weeks all in on this. And being a man dealing with mental health, we hide a lot and we think we're too cool or too tough for a lot of things. So I literally somehow managed to convince them to let me out of the hospital and I went home. I was broken. I've never felt so physically exhausted in my life. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't stop crying. I couldn't eat. So I wrote down a list. So basically my life, I've lived off gym programs. I'm like, all right, I'll write a program for my mental health and I'll commit to it just as hard as I did any other um, gym program I've ever done. So I started writing down things that I knew benefited your mental health, but I always thought I was too cool for. So meditation, yoga, breath work, um, stretching, all of those kinds of things, nutrition, all of these kind of things, um, that I'd heard of, but I'm like, that's not going to work. It's rubbish. So I committed to them. I went all in and started doing it every day. So I felt absolutely horrible. And the first thing I started with is meditation. And the first two weeks, I hated it so much. It was the worst. I could not stand it. I dreaded it. All I was doing were these 10-minute guided things on my phone, and I could not stand it. And it was like every time I sat down and closed my eyes, all I could see and think about was 
everything that had happened in the last 20 years. It was just like on a constant loop in my head. And I'm like, well, how does anyone do this? This is God awful. And then I started, I started getting up every morning, listening to affirmations, going for walks, getting out in nature more. I started doing yoga. And the first two weeks was an absolute slog. And then on the third week, I started to feel the tiniest bit better. It wasn't much, but it was like the tiniest little glimmer. Oh, okay. And I started to kind of enjoy meditating and I started enjoying doing yoga. And I was like, okay, let's keep going. And that was enough to push me for the next three weeks. And each week I got this tiny, tiny, tiny little bit better. It wasn't much, but it was enough to be at the end of the six weeks go, okay, I feel good enough now to continue down this path. And so the six weeks ended, I dusted myself off, went back to work and got basically got my life back on track and felt mental health wise, I was better than I'd ever been. Started seeing psychologists and things and talking about what was actually going on, delving back into my childhood and things like that. And really did develop quite a love for meditation and breath work and that more alternative side of things. Um, Cause I really didn't enjoy being on the medication too much. Um, so started getting right into that and really started feeling like I was getting somewhere. Like I had all this energy. I wasn't as anxious as I used to be. Things in my life started working out again. I was like, yeah, like, yeah, I can do this. Let's go. And then that lasted for about a year. And then nothing in my life really happened that was bad but I just started to feel depressed again, like really, really depressed. And there was no trigger that happened. There was nothing else going on. I was still sticking to the same routine I'd given myself. I was still doing all the meditation and breath work and yoga and everything. And I just started feeling worse and worse and worse and worse. And my energy was plummeting. And I'm like, what's going on? Like I was working hard on my business at the time, but I wasn't playing sport anymore. I wasn't training anywhere near like I used to. If anything, I'd backed everything off quite a lot. So I'd expect to have more energy. And I just felt like I was crashing. And I was, was in a relationship at the time. And she brought up, she's like, you never want to do anything. And I'm like, I do. I just can't get out of bed. And I felt like anytime I did do anything, I needed to sleep for two hours after. So like we'd go to the shops or something and I'd come home and I'd need to sleep for two hours. And I'm like, this isn't right. I'm 20, 26, 27. Like I should be full of energy. And I feel like an old man. And I was sleeping all the time. Um, I started to lose my appetite quite bad. I started losing weight. I was losing my strength. And I was like, what am I doing? I do literally everything. Like I live the healthiest, cleanest, like the most perfect life almost. And yet here I am going down this thing again. Frustrating. And I, I, was, I was over it. I'm like, I don't know what else to do. Where else do I turn? I couldn't think of anything else to do in order to try and fix it. And I didn't really want to go down the medication path unless it was, there was absolutely nothing left. So I sat there and I looked at everything in my life and I was like, what else can I change? And the last thing I hadn't really looked at because I thought I ate quite healthy was my diet. I'd always eaten healthy like because obviously it's your fuel and we need that. To be an athlete, you need to be eating quite healthy. So I'd never really thought about that as being an issue. So I started researching that a little bit and noticing how much your gut, felt, uh, gut health can affect your mental health um, and can affect your energy levels and things like that. So at this point, I'm so fatigued all the time. I'm so weak. I'm losing weight by the day. I'm like, okay, this is it. Let's throw all my eggs in this basket. So 
I hopped on Google and typed in naturopath and I had never dealt with one before. I'd never even looked at it and Jody's name popped up and clicked on that and I felt a, a connection with Jody straight away for some reason and this was before I met her and then after meeting her, realized that she'd been on a similar path to me in her life and it's cool when you meet like-minded people or people that can relate yeah, to you, particular in the health space and um, it makes it more relatable. Like it, it's when you go and see doctors and they've never been through anything that you've been through or you're, I don't know, talking to specialists about, this is the one that bugged me, was talking to specialists about depression and I was like, oh, have you ever been on antidepressants or have you ever experienced anything? And they're like, no. I was like, well, how can you tell me what I'm meant to feel and how, what I'm meant to be going through right now? Whereas when I spoke to Jody, she'd been through a lot of the stuff too. And she'd come out the other end of it. And so I was like, okay. So we sat down, had a had an awesome chat together. And she told me about what she does with nutrition and supplements and things like that. And I thought, great, this is, this is what I want to put my energy into now. And that's when our relationship started and I kind of started to go down that path. And so the journey begins. So that's all we have time for for this episode. But I'm very excited about hearing the rest of Mitch's story and where it goes with Jodie. So thank you guys for today. If you're enjoying this series, please support us by subscribing to all episodes. If while listening, you've had something of a light bulb moment and have the urge to reach out to Jodie, you can contact her via her website, advancedwellness.com.au. And finally, if you're experiencing a personal crisis or are having dark thoughts, please reach out to one of the many services available, such as Lifeline. Lifeline's phone number is 131114.